You're listening to Brick City Blockade Chat Sessions. Cut the gun, all right, too. All right, fine, Jeez. Here's John Bishop and your host, Robin Ho. Avoid legal snags by telling people they're being recorded. You're being recorded. I think you already knew that. I um, think I did. <laughs> what's going on? Welcome back, not only to the Brick City Blockade podcast, but also here to Chat Sessions the one show that I love, love absolutely recording, not just on Sunday with a really good friend, but just having great conversations about everything Star Wars, Disney, whatever it is, we're going to talk about it. And of course, I'm going to throw it over to my good friend, Mr. John Bishop. How are you this Sunday, my friend? I am in between home improvement projects, and there is not much that uh, puts a man in his place than pre-stuck tile. Yeah, pre pre yeah, like we're we're looking at the package right now. We're just oh. like, how is this going up? But, <laughs> anyway, work. <laughs> anyway, you know. So, uh, what, is, wow. what did Yoda say? The 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 greatest uh, teacher is failure. Yes. Yeah, well, well <laughs> you have a I'm a really, really, really learned student right now. I have a bad feeling about this. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but so. we'll see. We'll see what happens on that end. But my friend, let's talk about this. And listen, I, I know, of course, we're around that stretch here. 40th anniversary of Empire Strikes Back in particular. You know, I love these milestones within Star Wars because we can really reflect back on like when was the first time we saw Empire Strikes Back? When was the first time we saw a lot of these films, of course? And listen, I mean not w- with the empire strikes back of course not only comes hoth and luke skywalker finally figuring out his relationship in terms of with yoda and the force but empire strikes back is also our introduction to a certain character and there's been a lot of rumblings across the board as there always is in the star wars universe around one specific character and one that i grew up absolutely loving and really really like made watching the Mandalorian that much more enjoyable. Um, and that character is Boba Fett. Now, John, you shared a little story. Like we always say before we hit the record button, we have some of the greatest little mini conversations. So I'm going to have you share with the good people where that connection for Boba Fett is for you. And where do you feel here? Boba Fett could fit into maybe a little bit of the uh, modern star Wars timeline, as we could say. Well, you know, one of the, Great things about Mandalorians and, and Boba Fett in particular yeah. is that he's he's as old he really is as old as the franchise. I mean, he, his design yeah. comes out from some of the original designs for the Stormtroopers. You right. know, he was in the you know the uh, holiday special. Special. He was one of the you uttered those wave. words. <laughs> oh goodness, yes. Uh, <laughs> happy Life Day. Um, happy but life he day. was also the first. Uh, the action figure that I, I sent away for. Right. Um, you know, you had to buy, you know, five or six Kenner original Star Wars guys and, and send in right. your proof of purchase mm. in order to get the original. It might not even, they may have not even called them that. It was just new character from uh, the, the second Star Wars movie, Empire Strikes Back. What does that mean? Right. And so I sent away for it as a three-year-old. Wow. And remember, this was the first thing I had ever waited in the mail for, mm. and it went. It, w- it came much longer than his eight eight weeks, was, <laughs> you know, described. Because in the middle of it, there was a whole brouhaha over Battlestar Galactica toys, which had That's little right. little red 
uh, quote unquote bullets that you could shoot out of them. And uh, there was this big kerfuffle over, you know, whether or not kids would choke. Right. And, and right. George Lucas got very angry. And then at some point, I think in the middle of it, someone realized, wait a second, we're about to send out a whole bunch of Boba Fett's all of which with a with a bullet mechanism on the back. And so um, when I got my Boba Fett, I, I looked at the back, looked at the thing that had been glued into the back. And I said to my four year old self at that point, I don't think this is right. Um, <laughs> this is wrong. <laughs> yeah. What happened here? Um, in, in any case, Boba Fett, I have a very, very, very um, soft spot in my heart for Boba Fett in all of his incarnations, whether or not he's in Clone Wars or Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi. And and one of the reasons yeah. I actually tried reading a lot of the older um, Legend series, the uh, expanded universe, was you know that Boba Fett had let, lived. Um, right. I, one of my prized possessions when I was a little boy was the comic book where you know, Boba Fett gets burped out of the Sarlacc. Oh, that's right. And that was a wonderful moment for this guy because, you know, again, I was 83. I would have been eight. (laughs) Right. And so Boba Fett was a big deal. Mm. And, you know, when he gets burped out there, uh, I, (laughs) I, 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 I was like, okay, this is okay. We we we're back. We're back in action. Uh, yeah, you know the the story get kind of convoluted after a while in the old legend series, and sure, I'm happy to see that it being retconned into the in, into the canon and everything. So this is this is a pretty neat time for me, especially whenever those spurs jangle, you know. And I do think that the the person we saw <laughs> at the end of the Fennec Fennec Shan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, episode was was Boba Fett. I really do think that. That's mm. it is, but no, it, it, I had that very similar kind of moment when I was watching that episode too. You know that whole, and it was kind of described in the Disney Gallery in particular this week. The whole, you know, boot spurs kind of moment um, in Star Wars when you hear certain noises and you're like, "Whoa, hold on a second. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I know that noise from anywhere. You know, mm-hmm. the very Clint Eastwood. Here comes the villain type moment, um, which which is really really cool. And I agree with you. I think if there's any time to do this, and I don't know, maybe people will disagree, and that's fine. Um, if there's any time to continue pushing that forward, the idea of Boba Fett coming back, the burping out of the Sarlacc pit, as, as you have said, and really in many different ways. This uniting of different generations in Star Wars as we approach here, the 40th anniversary of Empire Strikes Back, um, you know, this is the time. This is the time to really dig deep into what we have, not just in Legends, but that's moving into canon in particular, and say, you know what? Let's do it. Let's do it. And the first thing that kind of it calls me back to is, okay, Phasma survives Force Awakens and then comes back in The Last Jedi in particular. And she's offed it, you know, outed out in that. Now, in a similar standard, the Star Wars universe has a funny way of saying, we're not done with somebody just yet. You know what I mean? We're not (laughs) done. And I think Boba Fett's the one exception where we've seen somebody go out and we're like, huh. Oh, he's, he's, yeah, when is he coming back? (laughs) When is he coming back here? Like, hold on a second. This, and they, they teased us a bit, bringing back his armor and everything in the aftermath books, right? You know, so I remember saying, I was getting very excited about whoever that character was. And then, um, 
And then it was that it was clear that it was not Boba Fett. And so, mm, uh, and and I think I think Chuck Wendig uh, wasn't given much leeway in that that regard. And I, I wonder on a couple of uh, situations in in his writing whether or not he was told by the story group you're getting a little too close, right? Um, you know, yeah. And 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 all of a sudden, you know that that girl who's on. Um, uh, yes, uh, I know. The, yeah, Jakku, who w- was described as a tall, muscular girl, mm-hmm. blonde hair, you know, very basically, you know, sort of describing a young Phasma. And yes. then, you know, we're led to believe, and then suddenly there's a book, and that book has nothing to do with that particular mention of the young girl. Right. And, you know, I do think that here and there we do watch as the creative mm-hmm. process happens, you know, and that's. That's how Boba Fett was born. You know what I mean? Like it's he's, true. he's, he's the offshoot of that creative process. That's the same thing. Like my favorite video game was kicked out of uh, uh, canon and thrown into Legends, Bounty Hunter, and the oh yeah, that's right. The great villain at the end was a, a former apprentice of Dooku, who turned into a sort of a, a Jedi, a mm-hmm. Sith, a vampire. And right. she has double, you know, two lightsabers, and she's been she was kicked in, but all of a sudden, uh, you know, Asajj Ventress shows up, and it's essentially a right. very similar character. So, I I tend to not take all that stuff too too seriously, you know, especially mm-hmm. when you're looking at the making of books. But you know, Boba Fett, this is really neat. You know, this is something that could really appease some of the old folks like myself. As well as some of the new folks like myself, mm-hmm. you know, like that, mm-hmm. that there's a lot of people who are looking to see both ends of the spectrum come together. And I want to see how the Darksaber, you know, ends up, I'm assuming, back with the, the Mandalorians. I want to see uh, our Mandalorians meet the Mandalorian. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, right. it'll be interesting to see how all that goes and whether or not any clones show up or, you know, Captain yeah. Rex. And that's it. I just think there's so many possibilities. I just hope they don't get bogged down too much in the gravity of those moments. Does that make any sense? Yeah, no. And that's a conversation that I keep having with a lot of the podcast crew here in particular, John. And I'm glad we're having this talk because there is that mindset that we're going into Mandalorian season two in particular. And I think it's something that's been riding on my head more recently when we, when I keep hearing things of, well, so-and-so is casted for season two. So-and-so is going to be playing this. So-and-so is going to be doing that. And, you know, again, I want the journey in, in the child. I need to know more about that journey and what's going to happen along the way. I'm really invested in the Mandalorian himself. That when I start seeing cast, and if there's anybody that I trust, it's Dave Filoni and John Favreau to make it happen and to do it the right way. But let's, you know, let's not get bogged down, like you say, in all this. Well, there's this, 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 when you still haven't answered the main question just yet of where is this child from? And the, her- and the hero's journey has only just begun at this point. Um, I think that's where George was so genius, um, in particular, when it came to the transition from A New Hope, the original Star Wars, into Empire Strikes Back, is that new characters came into the picture. We got to know a lot of different faces, but it didn't do it in a way that we were thrown back by. And then Mm -hmm. when Return of the Jedi came into picture, 
and whatever else. You know, we see Jabba the Hutt again. We see all these other characters. But it all plays along with the canon and it all plays along with a storyline so that you're not jarred away from what the main part of this whole story is. Yeah, I actually think that yeah. – um, I think you're completely right, and I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, no, no. But uh, I, I, I really think what is going to be disappointing about these episodes to a lot of people who aren't there to quote-unquote watch The Mandalorian sure. are, is that I think that Ahsoka is going to be there for an episode. I think Boba Fett is going right. to be there for 15 minutes. Uh, you know what I mean? I, I'm not yeah. expecting the whole season to be, you know, built around right. any of these previous characters because we would have known that they were they were shooting for much longer than they were. Mm, totally. And my impression is that these people were not on set very long. Of course, because we haven't heard anything, and we've heard about it after the fact. And it yeah. almost seems as if during this um, lull that Disney themselves might be wanting to ensure that Star Wars is on the minds and hearts of everybody during the lull between the uh, Rise of Skywalker, May 4th, and you know whenever all of this show, stuff shows up, especially yeah. if they're not going to be able to do these things at Comic-Con, um, D twenty three or 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 Star Wars celebration, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's that's that fine line too of, you know, eh, again, like these announcements. I think would have been great at a D twenty three, a New York Comic Con, a yeah. Star Wars celebration, and I think that, and it is, and this is again where I draw the line a little bit, John. I don't know how you feel about it. And I guess it's because I come from a family of marketing people. Yeah. Um, I think that's part of it. It's like, hold on a second. You know, Variety, all these other outlets confirm these things. But I'm still of the mindset of until Disney and Lucasfilm says it's true, until they come out and say something, and they probably won't. But I come from the mindset of, hold on a second. Like, yeah, it's probably going to happen. And yeah, it might be true. But I like I like knowing that like the situation with Kenobi, they heard the rumblings, they heard everything happening. They got Ewan to come out and to kind of tease it with Kathleen and then say it, it was beautifully done. And I'm starting to wonder now with everything that was lined up, was celebration going to look like that same kind of thing this year? Were these things going to come out? And Lucasfilm was going to have the opportunity to be like, ah, you know what? Let's bring out Rosario Dawson. Let's bring out so-and-so. Let's bring out Tamu Morrison. You know what I mean? I, I, yeah, I, I, I do. I start and, and thinking about that. Yeah, from a, from a PR person's standpoint, what they've done is, um, and if this is what happened, sure. is quite brilliant because they can leak it. They can give it to people who can then disseminate it you know, quietly. Sure. And then suddenly you know, people are asking all these people questions about it, but they can't because of their NDAs. Right. So right. you you get you get two waves of publicity around it. You mm -hmm. get the hey, this is happening and all the, you know, I include myself in this, you know. Mm -hmm. I don't think I write cl clickbait. I think I try to take a, you know, a truthful bent on sure. it and I, I wait for people who I trust to say things before I say them. Right. Um, but it, it is clickbait. I mean, you know, we are saying, you know, rumor we are saying possible. Mm -hmm. We are saying confirmed, but not by so and so. You know. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> I think. I think it's interesting how much mileage some 
of the writers get off this stuff, which is great. You know, that mm-hmm. it's you know I'm part of the circus too. But the uh, it, this is this is pretty good PR for a group that has to pay for none of it, right? And and so you know I take things with a grain of salt, but not too much salt, right? You know, like yeah. And and then there's the, always this wonderful thing too. Think about the number of people who can do stupid things in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. If you haven't yet confirmed that they're in the in the episode, then you don't need to speak to it when they do something stupid. Right. Not that any of these people are going to do anything stupid, but there is there is a cadence and a rhythm to to public relations in the same way that there is to journalism. And I think a lot of what Disney PR does is it you know you can explain it. Some of yeah. it you can't. I, I sometimes I think they're <laughs> scratch your head, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and I think sometimes you know that that. You have uh, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing, you know, right. and, and you have some right. really adept public personalities like a uh, Favreau and uh, Filoni, um, who you know she was he was on with Ash Crossan from uh, Entertainment Tonight, oh, and yeah. she was bringing up stuff, and he just said, "Interesting, interesting." <laughs> he played it so well, and he was so cool, um, and <laughs> you know. But on the flip side, I think one of the reasons why they finally allowed Ewan to come out was he said to them, I'm not going to do this if I have to keep lying. Yeah. Well, that's just dead. That's yeah. just dead. You yeah. know, you're put in a tough situation like that where, and I, I'm not saying if Sokotano and all these other characters are not of a grand magnitude when it comes to star Wars. But when you hear rumblings on the level of an Obi-Wan Kenobi film or series, yes, that is a, a that is a staple character in the Star Wars universe that has existed for greater than f- almost what 40 50 years now. I, yeah, I want to say he was the first character I got and yeah. you know when I was buying the Kenner stuff and well, That's you. I think it was my my mom may have bought it even before I saw the movies thinking yeah. that he was he was going to be the big character. Yeah. And so um you know it it's really Cool and interesting to hear these things. I, you know, obviously it keeps me employed to a certain extent. Right. Um, and so, and on, you know, and on on podcasts with like minded people, we can talk about the, you know, truth and fiction. Yeah. And is it in somewhere in the middle? I think I think a lot of these rumors about who's going to appear when it's in the middle. Yeah, you know, we is. heard we heard about Bill Bill Burr, right? He yeah, was supposed yeah. to be in it, and he was in it for what twenty five minutes of one episode. And yeah, and that was really it, you know. Yeah. yeah, and he's supposed to come back, but that's that's fine. But you know, yeah. um, uh, you know, Nick Nolte, his character was in what three episodes, four episodes? Yeah, essentially. Oh. Yeah, yeah, and so in there for a little. Yeah, and and I I was heartbroken when he went away, but you know that's what a serial television yeah. show does. I mean, if you if you watch, I think we talked about um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood previously. Yeah. That's the whole genre that this is in. It's that it Saturday night cowboy serial where there's a guest star, a guest star who's the either the heavy or the romantic interest or whatever. Yep. And it changes up pretty frequently. And I think I think this is a genre that John Favreau in particular is really enjoying. So mm, you know, mm, you know, I, I expect that this won't be the only time that we have a full slate of quote unquote guest stars. Right. Um, so anyway, no, I'm no. 
No, that's sorry. Your... I, I had a lot of caffeine after my <laughs> latest project, so that's fine. No, I mean, listen, caffeine number one is always needed on a Sunday. So yes, don't, I think most of our listeners, all of our subscribers and patrons, would agree with you on that one. Yes. Um, but listen, tra- just kind of take this full circle here. Um, perfect example of a of a TV serial type character showing up, making that impact again is Boba Fett. Oh, my God. Yeah. Right? I mean, it comes full circle here because it's like you watch the way that he was used. Vader, in that scene on Cloud City, when Vader says, we'd be honored if you would join us. And you see Vader stand and Boba Fett is there. Just the the cynical, the the sinister two, you could say, um, of that moment. And you're like, oh, my goodness gracious. You know, he's no good to me dead. I mean, all those things. They just line up in a way where you're like, okay, he's being used as a pawn for the Empire, but how much more is there about this guy? How much more? Well, see, here's that's that's really interesting that you bring that up because I think, you know, and especially in that lost uh, arc from Clone Wars where – I think if Boba Fett says no more innocent people are going to die, he says that to Cad Bane. That's right. That's the whole Cad Bane. Sp- and oh, so, yeah. you know, and, rem- and another thing that is, is gradually being shown um, is that the flip side of what we all know to be true, you know, the mm-hmm. Jedi are essentially good people, mm-hmm. but the rest of the galaxy hates them. And nobody That's hates right. Jedi more than Boba Fett. And That's by true. the way, Boba Fett has a real reason to hate the Jedi. <laughs> You know, like, yeah. So, and his dad was trying to do a good job raising his clone. And so, you know, this is a beloved figure. This is not, this is not, um, you know, and, and the, in the way that they wrote Django before, uh, it became legends. Django was really a mercenary, but yes, tried to stay on the side of not being a jerk. You know, That's there were true. other people, yeah. you know, Montrose was the jerk. There were, you know, other, you know, there were other people who were much worse than, than Jango Fett. And, and in the end, I think Boba Fett had some sort of reckoning towards the end uh, with, with Han Solo right. in Legends. So this, this is a person, uh, a character, Jesus, pardon my French. This no, is a character no. who, who had many, many facets to a very complex storyline over right. the you know the course of years and in in reality in, in the in the canon we've only seen him for a little bit that's true so we really we have no idea is he gonna love the mandalorian is he gonna you know want to protect yeah the orphan like he was mm. you know what is coming and uh new rock stars had an unbelievable uh discussion about this now i don't agree yeah. with everything they said there's like four guys and they were all geeking out it was <laughs> right. awesome though it was perfect for a saturday morning while i was doing my chores but uh you know we just don't know we don't know what's going to happen and i think that's fabulous and the idea that someone like a joe it's joe johnston who did the rocketeer eventually and then did uh, captain america you know the idea that this is the person who who seems to have fulfilled a lifelong dream of bring a, bringing someone with a rocket pack to the screen um, yeah. in a couple of different ways. It's just so neat to watch, you know, and I, I do get, I understand where people say, well, they're re- retreading a lot of old characters, but those old, old characters were good. They're yeah. relatable. 
They're multi-generational and they're relatable. Yeah. You know, if they happen to come back with a young Princess Leia show, I would watch the crap out of that. Oh, dude. I can't you know? like tell if you, you put Mi- Millie Bobby Brown in a in a, a white dress and had her run around Alderon for you know, twelve episodes, yeah. I would watch that in a heartbeat. And so I get that some of the fandom around Boba Fett can be you know, not so nice. Right. But then you have all the, uh, the 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 uh, those great costuming groups and all of the people who are so oh, great to children. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't th- I don't think you can throw everybody into a pot and say that's bad. You know, just because they like or dislike a certain character. It, you know, it's it, when they start imparting that that like or dislike in a really hostile way on somebody, uh, which I think is is wrong. You know? Doesn't so. make. But- let me tell you this doesn't make any sense in the fandom in general to throw anybody into a pot, call them negative and hope that they boil alive. Does it make any sense to do that? Because everything is based off of your perspective, your ability to use that fandom to really bring enjoyment to your life. And I, I, I never could understand this whole mindset of, you know, when you go to a comic con, there's these group of fans, there's these group of fans, there's these group of fans. And I, I can, I, and I'll have Sean attest to this on the next episode of the podcast. I can tell you 100%. I have interacted with more than enough Star Trek fans. I have interacted with tons and tons of individuals in the fandom that I necessarily did not agree with on certain things, but we got along and we learned to respect each other for the things that we love. So yeah. that's where it drives me crazy sometimes. I'm calling the Star Wars fandom out on this. It's like, listen, in life, the perspective is, unless you're doing terrible things like a certain man is doing right now in politics, unless you're doing things on those levels, and politics is a whole other level that you can get yeah. into. But yeah. when it comes to fandom in general, and it comes to things that we enjoy in life, I never could see the idea of throwing a certain group into a category and saying, you know what? I'm never going to interact with you because I don't like anything that you got to say. That's fine. Just ignore them. Don't keep bringing the, them to the forefront of your life and your conversations. Yeah. You know, yeah, learn to it, accept, learn to accept that. Um, I think, I think what you're, if there's anything that bothers me, it's not actually the person shouting about a particular idea or thought. Mm-hmm. It's the persistent push of, an idea that has seen its come to fruition moment, right? Yes. You know, and yes. and I don't care anymore if you didn't like the Last Jedi. I, I don't don't tweet yeah. about it. It's 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 getting tired. It, uh, yeah, it's getting old. I now. get it. I understand what you, your point of view. I don't agree with your point of view, but I do feel as if there's time to let it go. Yes. You know, and in uh, <laughs> there. <laughs> There are things I don't like about the Star Wars movies. I, you know, I don't yeah. necessarily like to jump up and down about them. I don't like inconsistencies in story group material. Right. Um, I don't like it when I see uh, badly edited films, right. uh, or, or right. you know, even moments where you know that you know Hayden Christensen, if if they had cut that scene a little differently would not have sounded like such a 16 year old boy. Right. Right. But that was 
that's what George Lucas was going for. So, you know, mm -hmm. like, I'm not going to harp on that. I'm not going to harp on the idea that I really wish that Bounty Hunter was still canon. You know, I really love that sure. it's a video game. But on the flip side, you know, there's so much coming and there's so much for everybody. <laughs> Who cares? You know, like in the, in the end, just enjoy it. Like there's so much other crap in the world to get bogged down in. You know, like this is this is what it's about. Talking with your good friend on a Sunday afternoon. Yes. And let's face it, everybody's equal over a beer. Okay. You know, and amen to that. You know, like how many things can you say like Star Trek or Star Wars or the Red Sox or, you know, football? Like if if you can take everything with a and put it in its proper place. Yeah. Why can't it be something that's positive most of the time so that you can really put away some of that negative stuff that happens. That's all the time. true. But, you know, and when, with something like Star Wars, something that really has helped me through tough times in my life. Yeah. Um, I don't really want to crap on it. You know, I'm not, no. I'm not gonna, and I'm, you know, and uh, I, I'm excited about what's coming down the line. And I'm, I, I hope, I hope that everybody else is too. Yeah. They just, I, <laughs> you said it beautifully. I mean, it's, it's along those lines of just take a step back you're at home. Enjoy the Star Wars that that, that you enjoy, um, and, and let everybody have their moment with Star Wars. Have the conversations. I think half the time you're so right, dude. Like half the time, a conversation over a beer can change a lot of things. That one to one, like, hey, let's let's hash it out a little bit. Let's talk about it. You know, I, I really do feel that way. I mean, uh, I've had, when it comes to sports, I, I can tell you right now, I, I, I still have a hard time getting through as a Mets fan to some Red Sox fans because 86 keeps coming up. But there's not much yeah, I can yeah, do about yeah, that. That wasn't right? your guy's fault. You, you, were, <laughs> you were a young boy wearing an ugly hat, and, and you, were, you were rooting for that ugly hat, just like I was. And, <laughs> and, and just because I happen to think Bill Buckner was, you know, Somebody who really deserved a lot more credit for his Hall of Fame esque career. It well, really is. He has more hits than Ted Williams, by the way. That's right. He does indeed. Yeah. So, you know, when I see Bill Buckner and not able to get down to pick up the ball, I see somebody who's fought his way through injury, and this is just oh. the most ignominious, awful moment of his life. Yes. But I can imagine what it felt like for a Mets fan who had gone through quite a bit of you know, sadness over their years and, and to, to see that ball go through that, that let those legs was probably akin to how I felt when Dave Henderson hits the home run in the ALCS. That's right. So, yeah. you know, so, you know, uh, you know, at the time I, I, I cried, you know, cause I think it was, what was I? I was 11. And, um, you know, that was hard, and, and there were a lot of Yankees and Mets fans in my town. And, yep. uh, you know, I was somebody who, from the very earliest age, wore a Red Sox shirt or a Red Sox hat pretty much yep. every day of my life. So everyone knew it, and they knew how to get under my skin. And I, that right. always bugged me. But not, So now, um, when someone brings up Star Wars, you know, I'm all, I, I'd almost rather not have the conversation unless I know that you're going to be cool about it. True. You know, like, it's a good. No, it's like, a great it, point to it, put, make. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh my god, I hated that latest movie. Well, why did you hate that latest movie? You know, yeah. I don't even want to go there. Like, what? What was your expectation in this movie? You know, that Luke Skywalker was going to come out and defeat the entire episode, you know, Empire with a laser sword. You know, just like <laughs> right. he says in that movie. Like, I don't think anyone got it more right than Ryan Johnson. Uh, you know, in the last 
few years of Star Wars. I think I think I think Abrams did a great job bringing it back. I think Favreau yep. has hit hit on something unbelievable in the Mandalorian. Oh, but that moment where Ray is the rest of us wanting Luke Skywalker to you know take the mantle back, where in the end he his job was to give her the mantle, and yep. you know there she goes and she does and does exactly what she was supposed to do in in the ninth movie and everybody's bitching about it. I'm like, All right, you know, <laughs> know, right. You know what? I'm just going to go read my star Wars novel. I don't need to talk to you about it at times because you know, not you meaning, I mean the Royal you, I, I, I know what <laughs> right. I feel about it. I don't need validation from any, any of you guys. So no, I'm yeah, I'm going to take my ball and go home. Hey, that's, that's the way to do it, man. And Hey, let me say this just to close out on this episode in particular. The one thing you and I will always agree on when it comes to baseball is 2004 was one hell of a year. And I'm yeah. telling you that yes, it was. <laughs> I was such yeah. a big Pedro fan. I was a huge Trot Nixon fan. Both yeah. came to the Mets at one point. I loved it when Trot came over to Queens for a little bit. So yeah. that's the relationship that the Mets and Red Sox have, man. Well, to me, the Red Sox were always the rebels, and the you know, the Yankees were always the evil empire. And oh, they always will be. <laughs> it's funny how I always looked at it that way. It wasn't the other way around. And you know, for a long time, I thought I had to not be a Star Wars fan outwardly because it was just so right ner- nerdy. And now I feel like I'm sort of middle of the road, and I have lots of different interests. And I I feel like I'm kind of an outlier because I'm not talking about Star Wars all the time. No, I right. think it's time to talk about Star Wars is on Sunday afternoon with with somebody who really enjoys it, just like you. But I think there's plenty of room to do other things, and that's why I'm not going to get too bent out of shape. Yeah, uh, over Boba Fett or anyone coming back, I'm just going to enjoy it. So. That's the way to do and we it. never got to our uh, we we were going to talk about our favorite quote from the Empire. Well, let's, let's, let's what's yours? No, I'm not ending no episode unless we uh, have that moment where we yeah. reflect on that. So, what is yours in particular? I I really it's not a quote, and I sh- I shouldn't sure. have said it that way. It's sure. when Luke jumps off. It's when Luke jumps off the the antenna. Mm-hmm. Um, he has every right in the world to grab his father's hand at that point. He has mm. every reason in the world to believe that he and his father could defeat the emperor. Yeah, but he doesn't, and it's the ultimate in. I mean, he doesn't know what is going to happen when he falls off. He's lost his hand. He has no uh, ability um, to predict what is going to happen. You know, basically, Yoda told him that this was going to go wrong, but. He forged his own path. He took his beating. Yeah. And he jumped into oblivion, essentially allowing the force to guide him to the next thing. And then we have that beautiful moment on the the beam underneath Cloud City where he reaches out to his sister. And yeah. I mean, is there more? I mean, everyone will talk about other moments, um, but. What about that moment and the beautiful oh. shot where the Millennium Falcon flies under and above a uh, a cloud and oh. they go and get him oh. and then suddenly you know in the last you're you're at the depths of despair and you know suddenly Princess Leia is there to embrace her brother and then the, he gets his hand back and you know I just think that is 
one of the best movies of all time and it could have gone in such a cheesy way and it did not and that i think is a testament to kirshner yeah for fighting lucas the whole time and probably one of the reasons why we think back so fondly on some of these movies from the original trilogy is is that george had a counterweight a counterbalance Mm. And that his creativity was kept in check in a purposeful, meaningful way by very, very, very astute directors and creatives around him. You know, he had Kasdan, he had Kirshner, and oh, Strikes Best. And so I think that that moment is somewhat emblematic of all of those things coming together to create a just fabulous movie. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. My quote from Empire Strikes Back is actually quite simple. It's probably not one many would expect me to choose. But there's something about, and I and I grew up a fan of Darth Vader from day one. I have been a Vader fan my entire life. I collect Vader stuff in particular. Um, he's always been my personal favorite in the Star Wars universe. So the line that really stood out to me, and I love seeing the relationship between Vader and, of course, the deck commanders uh, in particular in the Empire. Oh, yeah. He just yeah. burnt through them when they wouldn't listen to him um, in, in so many different ways. And it's that one moment where you know Captain Nita screwed up so bad, and we cut away and it's him choking, and he, and he, of course, he's he's dead at that point. And it's Vader walking next to him. He goes, "Apology accepted, Captain Nita." I, I just <laughs> it means that, that moment, I mean, it's like this it dude is shows such you a so bad. much what he thinks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, and I actually think that there's a there's a uh, a really great counterbalance to that movie is when to to that scene where it's cat it's Admiral Piet. Right, yeah, Piet, Piet, and and uh, Vader is looking out the window after the Millennium Falcon takes off. Oh yes, and, and he, he 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 is so he's got his arms crossed behind his back, Ooh. and everybody in the control room is looking at Vader to see if he's going to force choke somebody, yeah. and he just walks away, oh, and no. and the the <laughs> tension in that moment. Uh, and that the mo- yeah, I just think because it was set up so well for it to, there to be just some self-aggrandizing, just head-cracking moment, and he just walks away, and it's like that, you know, I'm always going to keep you guessing, boys. You're not going to know when it's coming, <laughs> right? And, and that is you're spot on with that moment. I love those moments. I mean, that's oh. what makes him the best villain in in cinematic history, frankly. Oh, 100 percent, 100 percent, Vader hands down across the board. So you guys also across social media, all the, all of you who are listening now with the 40th anniversary of empire strikes back right around the corner, we want to know what your favorite quote from the film is itself. So we're going to start a special hashtag for chat sessions on Twitter. We'll post that up. You guys can share your favorite empire strikes back quotes. We'll retweet them. We'll share them out and we'll post them across social media. So I'll make sure to put John can share his, I'll share mine or your moment in particular. Um, and then you guys can check those out, of course. But hey, listen, we've come to another week of conversations here at Brook City Blockade Chat Sessions, and it's always an awesome time. But it's not a full podcast episode until we do this little moment. It's a little thing here with that we like to call plug time here at the Brick City Blockade. Mr. John Bishop, where can the good people find all of your wonderful work 
in everything that you're doing that's avoiding having to do any kind of tiling work, of course, across social media. Well, I, I am proud of one uh, particular piece that is it's not I can't claim it as my own, but there's a video of a gentleman named Mr. White who runs a restaurant in um, Phoenix, Arizona, and his bare bones, um, his uh, common sense was something that nearly brought me to tears. And I really just enjoy knowing that there are people who uh, can take a deep breath and make a decision based on sound reasoning and right. just defend it with, with, right. with love. So uh, go over to mickeyblog.com and look up uh, the story that talks about I am not opening until Disneyland does. And I think I, I think I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, that'll be a great great place and uh listen I, I know we're all waiting very patiently but i can't say it enough there are things that you can do every single day folks to try to take action and to try to help those around you like wearing a mask and consistently washing your hands checking on family when it's possible and i think john would agree when i say this in particular that it's time to listen to the science and it's time to really try to make an impact across the board so we can return to disney at some point here i know john's willing and waiting to get back and i am too um in so many different ways so please make sure to follow all those efforts and, and listen to what the professionals have to say in that case but keeping it simple you guys can follow us over on twitter at brick city swpc make sure to check us out on patreon to support the podcast in particular uh t public to rock the podcast of course and our work with starlight children's foundation a galaxy of joy make sure to check that out on our social media as well but hey always good talking with you my friend mr john bishop and i will catch you next week awesome awesome robin and, and everyone be well i'll be safe and uh you know enjoy star wars it, it's supposed to be fun not uh not something that's a burden have fun, enjoy your fandom, and live it up. May the force be with you all. Always. Go back to Kansas,